what would you do if someone in your audience fell asleep and started snoring loudly? Today's guest is going to share what he did. Hello, and welcome to the Public Speaking Superpowers podcast. This is your host, Karma Spence, author of the award-winning and best-selling book, Public Speaking Superpowers. Today, I have a special treat. My guest is Andy Cabasso. He is a digital marketing professional, speaker, lawyer, and occasional wedding officiant. He is the co-founder of Postaga, an all-in-one platform for link building and email outreach. Prior to Postaga, he started, grew, and then successfully sold a digital marketing agency. Welcome to the podcast, Andy. Hey, thanks for having me. So we were talking a little bit and you had mentioned that during one of your presentations, someone fell asleep rather loudly. Yeah. So, (laughs) well, today we're going to be talking about, you know, how to make a speech less boring and more interesting. And I think it's good if we just start talking about a big fail, uh, which (laughs) is, yeah, when you, when you have someone who has fallen asleep. And this was one of the speeches early on that I gave, uh, this, this happened. I was speaking to a group of lawyers on a topic I didn't think was that boring, but I guess this person disagreed and it it was being video recorded. And this person was, uh, near the video recording person. And I'm thinking, oh no, this is going to get picked up. This is going to like in the recording that is going to be replayed for everyone else who missed this live session is just going to hear this snoring. Oh. <laughs> so uh, so in this moment I am terrified. Ah! Because like I like time freezes everyone in the audience starts like it's obvious and so <laughs> we're looking they're like where is that coming from? And oh, no. I time is slowing down. I'm trying to think I like a second has passed two seconds have passed and I'm getting distracted now and I'm thinking well how do I turn this around this is a very uh, formidable experience for me um, because I have most of the audience at least interested and now this other person who has shaken my confidence entirely right Um, from this experience uh, what I ended up doing was I walked out into the audience with a microphone I don't know that I would necessarily always recommend this, but I was trying to think quickly. I'm like, what do I do? So I walked to the audience near that person, basically was giving the, like, keeping my speech going near this person. And they woke up, like, <laughs> as I'm approaching, I'm like, oh, oh, okay, someone's closer now. And, like, he, he woke up. He maybe felt a little bit embarrassed. Uh, oh, I'm sure he did. <laughs> uh, but overall, the experience kind of humbled me and made me think, all right, I, you need to make sure that not a single person in your audience is asleep. Um, and so <laughs> what pacing can you, what could you do differently that keeps everyone awake um, from your, from like, I ripped apart the structure then of my speeches and 
basically broke it all down so that moving forward, this kind of thing would not happen again. Um, right. So like some of these things that are like fails and just uh, <laughs> unfortunate experiences are very important to have because you improve moving forward and you can come back stronger. Exactly. Now, was this an after lunch or was it? It was an evening presentation. So oh, I'll give okay. them a little bit of slack. Uh, but... <laughs> yeah. But still, <laughs> you know, not in front of my speech, please. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, Do it for the TV. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh... what lessons did you take out of that and how did you improve your speaking so that this never did happen again. I mean, you mentioned redoing the structure. What does that look like? Yeah. Uh, so uh, a few things. So basically, so like the first thing that I realized is um, I I need to know my material cold so that if I need to call mm -hmm. an audible and move around more and step outside the podium, which I like definitely recommend if you can, do that because uh, if you're fixed and attached to the podium then it's you and the slides and if your slides are not interactive and you're standing by the podium um, you moving around has the audience following you and that keeps them a bit more engaged so first knowing your material cold so that you could give it in any part of the room not necessarily looking at notes but you could do that and step away is important and so how I do that the first thing I do is when I'm drafting a speech is I'll write it out long form. I will write out every sentence that I'm going to say in a full on speech. Now, I don't want to be presenting this eventually because just reading from it, it'll sound like it's being read and exactly. that's, it's not very engaging. And, it, and like there's a different tone that you have when you are reading something off of a off sheet and you you know it like you can tell when someone's like someone's reading something like uh exactly. like uh, yeah so so then what i'll do is after i know all of my talking points then i'll create accompanying slides if it's uh, if that's the kind of presentation that this or speech that has slides attached to it if not that's fine then i'll practice my speech once or twice through so i know the material i know the pacing and I, i'm happy with the contents then i'll distill that into bullet points basically a, a simple outline so that i know all of the things that i'm i want to hit and the bullet points themselves should not be very long it should be a few words each bullet point but the points are there really to trigger in your brain what is the part that you're going to be going into so that you can right. then give that speech or give, give that give that portion and not and basically keep you from getting lost you should know all the content, but the bullets are there to help you stay on track and so you don't forget anything. It, it shouldn't be a situation where you are glancing over at your slides to figure out if, if that's something that you have. If you have slides, you shouldn't be relying on the contents on the slides to or have to look over at the slides to know uh, what's next or to, or to prompt you necessarily. Then once you have those bullet points, Practice again more and more. At this point, you should have given your, your at same speech four times or so. And at this point, I think you should really know the material cold so that you could like see a slide without any text on it and you should know where you are and what you're going to say. And ultimately, if you are reading your speech, I think you're doing it wrong. Yeah, um, yeah. 
So that's exactly that's really step one. Next, <laughs> I want to. Oh boy! <laughs> I got. I have a lot to say on this, uh, but because uh, like I gave a lot of speeches over the years. I'm a lawyer. I have a legal background. Um, although I'm not practicing today, I gave a lot of uh, legal education courses to other lawyers presenting on legal ethics, which is. Mm. A boring topic. I, I like generally speaking, it's a boring topic, but yeah. it doesn't have to be. So, like, I would be talking about the lawyer rules of professional responsibility, and like, for example, rule the ABA model rule seven point one. I'm getting bored just saying it. <laughs> about uh, advertising communications, and you can't whatever you can't. I, like statements that you can make on your website or something like that. Mm -hmm. So like that stuff sounds really boring, but how do you make it interesting? What, what exactly. I try to do is tell a story. Uh, the I found that narratives in particular draw people in, especially if there's something like salacious or controversial. Mm -hmm. Like as you start telling it, people want to know how the story ends and you can tie that in, especially if you have uh, some personal experience, people are going to want to know, well, what happened? So for example, with my talk on, ethics, I shared a lot of stories of like when trying to be ethical goes wrong. And like, <laughs> like I have stories based on lawyer disciplinary actions, which is like, Ooh, that's so what happened here. So like stories, for example, where basically, uh, so a lawyer, this was years ago, a lawyer had, uh, got sanctioned because he was a judge who on his MySpace profile had that his interests included something uh expletive about uh prosecutors Ooh. or something like that Oops. let's <laughs> uh and like the audience found that really interesting and so that made my topic my very boring topic of ethics interesting so jazzing up the material helps exactly also checking in with the audience regularly helps attention authors speakers and coaches does your website attract nothing but crickets and tire kickers? Then you might be committing one of the five deadly mistakes of homepage design. Home Sweet Homepage, how to fix the five deadly mistakes that authors, speakers, and coaches make with their website's homepage will help you clear the crickets repel the tire kickers, and start attracting the right kind of traffic that will convert to readers, clients, and speaking opportunities. Available wherever books are sold in paperback and ebook formats. Bookmarketingclub.com forward slash homepage book. Also, checking in with the audience regularly helps. I, I found that like if you're talking, if one, like walking around, talking to the audience, that's great. Having and you can have a conversation, especially a conversational flow once you know the material cold because you're not going to be just repeating it. You're going to be just going from your memory and talking like I'm talking with you right now. And this is conversational because I'm not reading off of a script about this. Uh, right. But, but one thing that like gets the audience more involved is if you have like I like to throw in things regularly like that check in with the audience, like show of hands, who here, who who here has had this happen or mm -hmm regularly asking the audience rhetorical questions gets them like makes audience participation so they're going to be like that brings them back if they were zoning out for a second it brings them back because you're asking something of them right um 
Uh, two other things, uh, that last things about <laughs> how to keep your topic engaging that can make you a better presenter and make your topics more interesting. This isn't for everybody, but if, if you're a funny person, uh, throw humor into it. Uh, so my, my sense of humor is typically very, I'd say very dry. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I know that. And so I, I may throw in some jokes, but like, uh, I, I, I've sometimes prefaced at the beginning of my speech is like, I may be telling some jokes. Uh, you may not realize they are jokes because my sense of humor is dry. So <laughs> we're just getting this out of the way and like, yeah. And so like that, that helps, um, two other resources, uh, and if you're looking to make your content more interesting, more engaging, Toastmasters is a good resource. They're a, a speaking organization that like help, like you can practice speaking and also uh, improv comedy classes. Exactly, exactly. Um, I, I was a Toastmaster for many, many years and earned my DTM. And uh, one, nice. of the, one of the speakers I interviewed for Public Speaking Superpowers, the book, yeah. was an improv comedian. Yeah. So yeah. Definitely, those are very good, very good things. Those were some really good tips. And if you had to pick one tip as the most important one for a new aspiring speaker to master, especially if they are trying to market themselves a, as an author, mm -hmm. what would that tip be? Hmm. Um, so, well, I guess if, if all of all of these, uh, different tips for like giving uh, that exactly being a better speaker, the easiest thing that you can do is knowing your material cold. You don't have to go to an improv comedy class or, or do Toastmasters right away. But the easiest thing that you can do is knowing your material, practice it, practice it until you can basically give it in your sleep without, with very minimal notes and like the best speakers you see they don't have notes in front of them. They know their material cold. They've practiced it over and over again. That'll make you a much better speaker with like as far and as far as all the effort goes into it, I think exactly. that is the, the easiest thing that you can uh, do. And one hopes that if you're marketing your book through speaking, yeah. you, you remember the content in your book. Right, right, yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> and especially because I'm sure like as you have a book, you're telling people about it and they're asking, hopefully you asking you about it. And so you have stories to tell from the book and you know what the stories are that are the most engaging that people have, the things that people have follow-up questions about in particular, it, that, that shows you that like, all right, that's clearly more engaging for this person or this audience. Um, right. So focusing around that. Well, thank you so much for sharing that that yeah, rather course. deep dive into how to make the boring exciting. <laughs> uh, if someone wanted to learn more about you and um, connect, how would they do that? Sure. I'm, I'm everywhere on the internet. Um, so my name is Andy Cabasso. You could find me on Twitter at, at Andy Cabasso on LinkedIn, Andrew Cabasso, because it's uh, my <laughs> given name and that's a more formal sounding, I guess. <laughs> My company's website is postaga.com, P-O-S-T-A-G-A.com. And if you're interested in uh, my realm of expertise, which is digital marketing and search engine optimization, you could find us. I have a Facebook group as well called Grow Together SEO. Um, and uh, my website is all, my company website 
is all about helping you uh, find your audience. Uh, so, yeah. Exactly. And there's going to be an episode of The Author Switch, my other podcast. And Andy will be talking a lot about what Postaga can help you with as an author. So you might want to check that episode out. Um, as soon as there's a link, I will include that in the show notes. Awesome. So thank you so much, Andy, for coming on my show. Thanks. This is, this is a lot of fun. Well, this is the end of Public Speaking Superpowers. This is your host, Karma Spence, signing off. Can I swear on this podcast? If not, please I... don't. <laughs> okay. So.